You're listening to Access and Expand, conversations that offer you access to information that expands your mind. I'm your host, Tiffany Curran. It was sometime last year that um, I read a post by Lou Redmond, and the post was on Instagram. And it was a story of how it had photos of him when he was younger, and it was a story of how he had always um, had alcohol as part of his life. He was always drinking. And he wrote about how, you know, he was the big party boy and blah, 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 and that he wasn't drinking anymore. He just made a choice to shift that. And the story is way better when he tells it. So I encourage you to go look at his Instagram. It's at Lou Redmond underscore. I'll put that below. But anyway, so that was like my first, um, my first like, oh, hey, what's that about sort of moment, you know? Um, and then I follow the Sober Glow. Um, it's, it's a woman named Maya. It's her account. She is a breathwork healer who did training with me. We both did it together. Uh, David Elliott was doing the training. Um, it was level three training in LA in November. So I had met her and I started to follow her and I was reading about her choice to be sober. And the one thing that she wrote that was really cool was that, um, she said, you don't have to have a problem with alcohol for alcohol to be a problem. And I was like, okay, so there's something happening here. There's a lot of sober, curious people. And I just, I just started looking at my own, my own relationship with alcohol. I started looking at what it was and how it affected me. And um, I started to hold on, John. Yeah. Can you move something for Rocco, please? So I started to um, just like look at my own habits around alcohol, like what it was, why I did it, how it made me feel, all these things. And um, it was interesting because I've always, it was just always part of my life. And, you know, people drink socially and people get drunk, right? And they have hangovers. That's why we call. The thing that you drink the next morning, hair of the dog, right? Like drink a little bit from last night, what you had, and you'll get rid of your hangover. You get a little buzz going. So it's like really socially something that happens all the time. Like who thinks about it unless they think about it, right? So until I thought about it, I didn't think about it. So anyway, um, I was, well, my, you know, there's a story about how I made this video, a Marco Polo for a friend of mine and watched it the next day and was like, oh man, I should not have done that. It wasn't anything that I said in particular. It was just, I couldn't put a sentence together. Like my words were slurring. So um, I stopped drinking in January. I don't remember what the date was. My friend Lydia had taken a break from drinking. Um, she eventually, you know, went back to, it was just like a, she took a pause. Um, but I, and I had taken a pause, right? I had done it, taken a break and then I, would have like wine here or there, like just a glass or two. And I noticed it didn't make me feel better. It didn't feel like something I wanted to continue. It wasn't something I missed. You know, when I went back to it, I was like, oh no, this doesn't feel yu like yummy anymore. But there's a lot more to that story. And so I invited people to um, connect with me on Facebook 
and to ask me if there was anything that they thought I should talk about. So I have a few questions that people brought up to help me interview myself. So um, I think I will start with, um, so this girl, Christina, who's in Arizona, hi, Chris, wrote a good topic I've discovered is a social pressure of why aren't you drinking? So that's the first thing that happens, right? That's the first thing that happened to me. So I'm only going to speak from my experience. I'm very new at this. Um, I've been on the path, the sober curious slash not drinking path, um, for about seven months. And I, as I said, there was a, a gap where I had, not a gap, but there was like, I'd have a drink, uh, like here or there. So that said, um, you know, I, um, I don't, can't say I know much. I don't go to meetings, right? So I'm just talking from my experience. And I read a lot on the Sober Glow, and I read a lot from people who are um, choosing not to drink. But why aren't you drinking is the first thing that usually comes up. And here's why I think it comes up. Because when you're drinking, <laughs> everyone who you're with is usually drinking, right? So if, if, if there's someone who's not drinking, they might ask why you're drinking because they're not, and they are trying to get a little more insight. But generally, Everyone I was hanging out with drank, right? Like we would go to dinner, we'd have wine, if it was a bring your own, which we always loved because it was cheaper, or like start off with a cocktail, have a drink, then maybe have more drinks, maybe have a couple bottles of wine or a couple mixed drinks or whatever. Um, when, when I would, you know, go out, when the summers we would go to the beach and they would have happy hour and everybody would be drinking. Like it was just like, it wasn't even like who's driving, it's like, yeah, it was like who's driving, but it wasn't like who's the sober one. It's like who's going to be the least drunk, right? Like who's only going to have two drinks was the driver. So when when one of us says, yeah, I'm not drinking anymore, it's like, well, shit, now what do we do with her? So um, I'll say that when my husband took a, a month off from drinking for another reason unrelated to w what we're discussing, and we went out to dinner with some friends who he's known very well. And they were like, why isn't he drinking? And we told them why. It was just it was something that was, you know, not something I can share, but nothing major. And um, and then when he, when he went back to drinking, because it was only a month he took off, they were like, oh, thank God. We didn't know what to do with him. Like, we didn't know what to do with him. Um, and so I think that the why aren't you drinking thing is like, now how do we respond? So... I don't care if you drink, right? I don't care if you drink. If you're getting, like, falling down drunk, I'm probably not going to be there. It's not comfortable for me. But it, most everybody in my life drinks. Like, I know a handful of people who don't drink. And so I don't care. Have a toast in front of me. Drink your wine. Whatever. I go to parties, adult parties. Like, I'm an adult, so I don't go to, like, hey, parties. But, like, birthday parties and stuff. And there's, um, there's always alcohol. So I don't care, you know, and um, I usually don't talk about it. I've been talking about it a lot on social media and here because I think that it's something that we need to talk about, but I don't talk about it socially because I don't want people to feel like they have to ask me why I'm not drinking. I don't want them to feel guarded. And what I think it is is that people feel if I'm not drinking, if Tiffany's not drinking, we, 
should I not be drinking? Does, is she judging me? Like, I remember when I was drinking, a friend of mine was in the 12-step program of AA, and I knew that. And so then I would be feel uncomfortable saying, oh, yeah, I had wine, or I would feel uncomfortable talking about alcohol. And she didn't care. So now from the other side of not drinking, I'm not in AA or anything, um, but I don't care, right? Like, I don't care. So I think people ask, why aren't you drinking? Because it makes them turn the spotlight on themselves, or they choose to, it doesn't make them. They choose to turn the spotlight on themselves. Wait a minute. Should I be doing this? I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. Is she judging me? Right? By the way, we're never judging you. Right? Maybe, like I said, I don't want to hang out with people who are falling down drunk. Um, and the reason why I don't is because it doesn't feel safe to me. It doesn't feel safe to me to be around someone who is having a hard time speaking. It also doesn't feel authentic to me because the conversation is altered by the substance. So to add to that question, um, let me see. I wrote down all my notes. Uh, where is that question? Rebecca asked. Can't find. Maybe I didn't write it down. But what Rebecca asked is, like, um, what did she say? She said something like, oh, yeah, what, people think when I'm not drinking that I'm either pregnant or something's wrong with me. Like, what's that about? So it's back to the same thing. So no one thinks I'm pregnant because I'm 49. <laughs> um, and no one thinks I'm having a health issue because I'm, I talk a lot about what's going on in my life. But what I think, Rebecca, is that, again, people, we get into habits, right? Like, until I wasn't drinking, I was always drinking. So I'd be like, hey, it's Friday. Let's go to the liquor store and get a couple bottles of wine. I liked the ones that had pretty labels. Um, and I have to say that I did go back to the liquor store to get wine for my dog sitter recently. And the owner of the liquor store, who I love, really sweet man, was like, where have you been? And I didn't tell him, like, well, I'm not drinking anymore. I just didn't want to get into the conversation. But, Rebecca, I think that when people are used to us, like, hey, what do you guys want to drink? Like, let's have a drink together socially. And you're not, they can't understand it. So unless you're in the mindset of, I'm ready to not drink, it seems really unfamiliar. So, um, and someone had said to me, like, why are people, like, cool with it if you don't eat gluten, right? They're cool with it if you can't have nuts. They're cool with it if you're keto, for the most part, right? Most of the time, if you're on a plan, people are like, oh, yeah, she's keto or whatever. But they let it be. But when it's alcohol, why is it such a hard thing? Because alcohol affects how we feel. And alcohol affects how we behave. And when we're behaving or feeling differently... It might feel uncomfortable for other people. Um, but it shouldn't because it's just a personal choice. So um, I hope that answers your question, Rebecca. Um, so, and yeah, I'll tell you, for me, it shifted so much that we don't really have friends to go to dinner with. Um, they never said, like, I don't want to go to dinner with you because you don't drink. They just stopped asking, you know? And initially with my family, like when my dad would open a bottle of wine and say, having a glass, I'd be like, yeah, in a little bit, you know, and a little bit never came. So it wasn't like I was like, no, you know what, dad, I'm not drinking anymore. Like, it doesn't feel good for me. Or when I did take those 
pauses and say, yeah, I'll try to have a glass of wine, whatever. I had a glass of wine, and then I didn't have a... He, like, went to pour more. I was like, no, I'm good. You know? So sometimes if you don't say anything, people don't really notice. No one really cares what you're doing. <laughs> That's the thing, too, right? No one gives a shit if I'm drinking, unless I start talking about it. So now that I'm talking about it on social media and on the podcast, because I want you to know, like I saw with Maya from The Sober Glow, and like I saw with Lou Redmond... I saw people that made me feel like it was okay to not want to drink. Um, So Tara said, what is a social drink? And where is the line between problem drinking and celebratory drinking? So Tara, I don't have the answer to that question in regards to other people. But the answer for me is when I was drinking, a social drink would be Like, if I was out to dinner and everyone was having a glass of wine, I could have a glass of wine, right? And I would just have, like, a little bit of wine, you know, four ounces, six ounces, whatever it is. Um, Celebratory drinking would be, like, I remember when I graduated from yoga teacher training, they poured um, champagne for everybody to do a toast. And someone said to me, you could hold the champagne, you don't have to drink it. But I wanted to be true to myself in photos, so I just held a, a bottle of water. But sometimes people say, like, let's have a toast, right? And it's just a sip. I don't know where, you know, culturally where it starts. Um, for me, I couldn't have a social drink <laughs> or a celebratory drink because one was four. Because I was like, oh, this kind of feels good, but it kind of also feels awkward. So I need to have more so I don't feel awkward. Then when I'd have a little more so I didn't feel awkward, then I was like, this is kind of fun. And everything started to not make sense. And I was like, I'm just going to go with this. And I would keep drinking. I think problem drinking is when it's not working for your life or for the people around you. So for me, it wasn't working anymore. Sometimes it works for the person who's drinking. But the people that love that person don't feel safe or comfortable. I will not say who I'm speaking about. But when I was younger, I was around someone who was drunk more often than not. And when the person that I'm speaking of was drunk, their face changed, the language changed, and the behavior changed. And I didn't, I wasn't able to trust that they were themselves, so I didn't feel safe. And so for me, if I had been in relationship with that person now, say, I would say, like, this isn't working for me. Either your behavior changes or I have to make a change, right? So when it stops working for me, if I was in relationship with this person, I would have to make the choice to let them know my truth and then either, you know, hope that uh, they found their way into being sober or... I would have to change the relationship, maybe leave, right? Like, we're only responsible for our own behavior. We're not responsible for others, and we can't force people to change. So again, I'm not in the program, but I did look at the big book, and there's a section for wives, which isn't necessarily for wives. It's for partners. And for the partner who doesn't want the drinker to continue drinking. And it basically said, like, you cannot make someone do this. They have to do it on their own. And if they do it and they fall off the wagon and they get drunk, you can't approach them with, you know, what you're upset about while they're drunk, right? So I learned a lot from that. And I think that applies 
to all of us, right? Like we can have the conversation with the person we love when they're sober. We also cannot make someone stop drinking because they'll go back and they'll resent us so much. So uh, Georgette asked, when is too many, when is one too many and two not enough, right? And that is, she's mentioned that to me before, like for an alcoholic, one is always too many because it's starting the ball rolling and there's never enough. And so when I see people who are drinking like throughout my life. There are people who are not, don't have problems with alcohol. There are people who could have a glass of wine. I have a friend, I won't say her name, who might have a glass of wine once every two months. She's like, whatever, you know, I'll have a glass of wine, no big deal. But she doesn't really like it. So she doesn't really drink. When every day, I know people who every day it's like, it's, is it four o'clock yet or whatever? Or, you know, I only have two bottles of wine in the house. How am I going to get through the weekend? That to me feels like dependency, and I'm not judging them, but I'm saying for me, when I smoked cigarettes, I was dependent on having enough money to buy cigarettes. If I didn't have cigarettes, I remember in my 20s going into ashtrays and looking for cigarettes that still had a little life in them that had been put out and relighting them and smoking them. That's desperation. I didn't want to feel dependent on a substance to get me through a day. And so... For me, one was too many because it just got me started, and it was never enough. Although, um, during my pauses from drinking, one was too much because the minute I drank it, I felt like I'm over this. So it was too much in a different way. And I think my shift came because I really got aligned with my life, and I really started to feel good about my life. So I didn't want to mask, and I also don't want drama. I hate drama, and I was always very dramatic. So to me, alcohol adds drama because alcohol heightens the negative feelings and then creates this behavior that might not happen sober. So I didn't want that. Um, Georgette also asked, is drinking self-medicating? And is it the solution to your problems or does it make your problems worse? So for me, again, I can only speak for myself. It was totally self-medicating. It was masking my anxiety, my fear, my insecurities. It was masking when I was unhappy and didn't want to feel unhappy. Um, and when I drank out of joy, like celebrating, seeing old friends, it kind of stole it from me. It stole the joy because it became something watered down and maybe even stuff that I forgot. Uh, so it always made my problems worse. If you know anyone in my life who's ever loved me, they'll tell me I'm not a happy drunk. Right, so I'd be happy, and then I'd be really nasty. I once, with an ex-boyfriend, we were fighting. I jumped out of his moving car. He was only going 20 miles an hour, but it's still pretty fast when you're wearing five-inch heels and you're drunk. Um, he actually called my babysitter to pick me up. I called her and told her not to, my, not my babysitter, my son's babysitter, um, and said, don't pick me up, don't you dare. Like, I once, when I was dating my ex-husband, we had a fight. I had to leave my car. I had to go get it the next day, like... Um, and, and also, I was in Philly once, and I was drinking Jim Beam and Coke. started at noon. By 4 o'clock, I was being turned down for drinks, even at the Holiday Inn, where there were actual prostitutes getting served. Um, so it wasn't like highlight times, you know? And so even at home, if I was drinking on a Thursday night, and I was, like, upset about something, anything... It got worse, and I got angry, and I would get really into that, and I thought I was, like, really getting into my power 
but I was actually not at all. I was just a fucking mess. Um, so Georgette asked, when was the first time I tried drinking? How old I was? So I feel like I was like 16. I would drink white Russians with my family. I was not the kid who went to parties, and I was not the kid who got drunk on the regular. So in high school, I had like three good friends, and we had no other real friends. We weren't like the popular kids. And so we didn't go to parties. I don't think we were invited. I don't think we would have gone even if we were. Um, but so when we go skiing, my parents would let me have like a white Russian, which tasted basically like a fun dessert. And I would have one or two, and I'd be like, I'm fine. I'm really totally fine. And then I went to stand up, and my, I would like almost fall over. So I didn't really understand my tolerance. Um, it wasn't really until I got into college that I started drinking, and I just did because everyone else was, and I thought it was like, whatever, like everyone's drinking. It's normal. That's what people do. They get wasted. Um, and, uh, you know, it never ended. <laughs> I actually stopped drinking though, before I got pregnant. So when I was trying to get pregnant, um, with my son, so I was trying to get pregnant. I stopped drinking like six months before cause I didn't want to jeopardize any baby that was being like, you know, that when, when the baby, before you know you're pregnant, you have like three weeks or something. I didn't want any alcohol. So I stopped then. I was pregnant, miscarried, stayed without drinking until I got pregnant again, had my son. It wasn't until I got divorced that I started drinking. So I probably didn't drink for five years. And I remember I went on a date with someone who was like, you're not an alcoholic. You could have a drink. And I was like, what? Oh, okay. It's also like you could have a cigarette. And I started smoking again. I don't smoke now, but that was then. Um, so it's, you know, my path was whatever. I don't know. College, 17. I went to college. I was 17. Um, and, but I probably started drinking at 15, but just here and there. Um, did I have any blackouts while drinking? So I never had a blackout. I never threw up from drinking. I don't throw up, though, generally. Um, but when I was taking Xanax and drinking, uh, there were some times that I blacked out. So I was dating someone who I think didn't want to, like, talk to me or anything. And so um, when we were dating, he, I only dated him for like three months or something, he would like pour really strong drinks or take me out for really strong drinks and I had Xanax in my body. So at some point Xanax and alcohol don't work and I was pretty good at drinking and I was pretty good at taking Xanax. But this guy like really raised the bar in terms of how much I would be drinking. And I remember I'd wake up in the morning and be like, wait, how did I get home? Uh, so fortunately, I was safe-ish. Like, I was with one person. I wasn't, like, on my own. Uh, but it was definitely, um, it was, um, like, definitely off-putting, although not enough to make me stop drinking because I didn't stop drinking, you know, for another six years. So um, my dog is somewhere in this space scratching at something. Um, so I was a little distracted, sorry. Um, so I love, I love this question. Michelle said, if someone drinks often and consumes a lot, but they don't have children, hold on. Where's Rocco? Sorry. Uh, if someone drinks often and consumes a lot, but they don't have children and it doesn't interfere with work or relationships, happy drunk, is it necessarily a problem? Bad for their health maybe, but does it differ from watching someone smoke or consume drunk food? Awesome question, Michelle. So first thing, this is just my opinion. I have no knowledge in sobriety outside of my own experience and the things that I read on 
um, on social media and in like magazines. And again, my go-to is The Sober Glow on Instagram. That's my friend Maya and uh, Lou Redmond. But uh, so my feeling is, you know, if it works for you, it works for you. I remember I went to ACOA meetings when I was uh, like 18, 19 years old. And they basically said, like, I said, how do you define alcoholism? And someone said to me, if you think it's a problem, it's a problem, right? Like, okay. So I always defined it as, does the person drinking think, if the person drinking isn't hurting anybody, is nice, and um, isn't affecting their job or anything, you know, then let it, that's their, their thing. So, I, you know, I don't, I could give a shit less. If you're drinking and you're happy and you're funny, that's your life. Good, go for it. Like, I could care less. Um... So, so it's bad for health maybe, but does it differ from watching someone smoke or consume junk food? And the answer for me is no. I have a very hard time watching people smoke. I have a very hard time watching people binge eat shit. So I can totally binge eat. I've done it for most of my life, but I've cleared that. Um, breathwork, as I worked through breathwork, everything just started to undo, right? Like I started to not need sugar. I started to not need to binge eat so much. I definitely have my moments, but usually when I binge eat, it's like hummus or like cheese is not the best thing. Look, I'm all about the case of morphine. I understand it's a problem. But like if I see someone like downing a giant bag of Doritos or like going home with a bag of McDonald's twice a week or you know, like just binge eating, right? Binge eating. No, I think it's the same thing. It's all bad for your body. And you're obviously, um, there's something going on. I feel like if you're binge anything, you're masking. There's something that needs to be um, addressed in your body. And I like the idea of looking inward and finding out why. Same with smoking. Like, I know a lot of smokers. I was a smoker for a very long time. I don't judge smokers, but I feel for them because you're actually breathing toxins and smoke into your lungs, the things that keep you alive. So, no, Michelle, I don't think that it's different. It's a habit, and it's a habit that I feel like, mm, I don't think it's a great idea, right? Doesn't mean I'm right. It means it's what I feel. Um, and no, if you're a happy drunk and you don't have kids and you go to work and you don't drive drunk and you don't create problems for anybody else, it doesn't affect me. So that's just my thing. Um, Pamela asked, why do you feel the, not me, but why do people feel the need to have a cocktail to party? Or so maybe me? I don't know. Um, and is drinking the only way to be happy or feel accepted? So the first part why do people feel the need to have a cocktail at a party? Um, I'll tell you my opinion. When I, when I, so this happens all the time now, right? Like people have meetings. There's a meeting that I love. I won't say what it is. And they always start with wine or beer. So I think that people like to like loosen up. They're a little nervous or uncomfortable. Um, but I also think it's peer pressure because if I walk into that meeting and they say, do you want wine or beer? I'm saying like, no, I'll just have a water. There's someone in that room that's going to be like, wonder why? Like how Rebecca said, like, obviously they're not going to think I'm pregnant, but is something wrong with her? Oh, is she an alcoholic or whatever? Right? Because if they're judging, they're probably judging. Um, and so there are, 
you know, there's happy hour at weddings, right? There's so much alcohol. So my one of my old therapists, Jamie, um, oh my God, why am I forgetting your last name, Jamie? Jamie Wasserman in Montclair, wonderful. She said something like, you know, our society really operates around alcohol being like the center thing. Like she's like, you go to Europe and people drink, but it's not the same thing as it is here. So I don't know what that means. I mean, I do, I know what I think that means. But what I'm saying is I think that people don't know what to do with themselves. We have to eat and we have to drink instead of just being, right? Um, so we need to distract, preoccupy, and we need a buffer. We need to feel like what's the buffer. So the drink, bef- at, drink at a party is a buffer. So we recently went to a graduation party with for friends whose son just graduated and those friends are drinkers and not in any bad way. They just, they drink, right? And we always used to drink with them and I went, I'm like, shit. This whole room is going to be a room of people who drink. And they knew that I drank a fuck ton. So now what? I'm going to be the one that nobody likes. I'm going to be the one that's not fun anymore. I'm going to be the one that's like, oh God, now she's not drinking. And then I was like, yeah, so what, right? So, because I feel better when I know what's going on. And I feel better when I leave and still know what's going on. And, and so what's interesting is towards the end, I would, you know, have a couple of vodkas and feel really good and be at home. And I'd start sending, like, my pitch deck to everybody. So I'd start sending, like... Um, you know, hey, I'd really love to do breath work at your studio, blah, blah, blah. And I'd wake up in the morning and be like, who did I message? Did I get their name right? Like, oh, my God. And so still to this day, I wake up every morning. I'm like, wait, did I do anything when I was drunk? Oh, wait, I wasn't drunk. Right? So, like, if you knew me socially, you never would say, wow, she had a problem. Right? Like, I, w- I mean, maybe you would. I don't know. But I don't think so. No one ever said, like, maybe you have a problem, you know? But it was a problem for me because I didn't like the way I felt anymore. And, like, even when I hear people say, like, yeah, we'll have a drink, I, I feel that energy of, like, no, 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 I don't want to do that now. I have not gone to certain restaurants that I used to go to because I'd go into the restaurant to sit at the bar to have, like, lunch. And it wasn't for the bar. It was just, like, I don't want to have a 20-minute conversation with the waitress and go through the whole thing. I just want to order my food. And I would have a glass of wine or whatever, too. Um, But the managers knew me because I always tip really well because I believe in tipping. And they'd always bring free drinks to the table. Now i got to fucking explain that or say, like, oh, sorry, I don't want your $10 bottle or glass of whiskey so I just don't go. And it doesn't bother me. It's not taking away from my life. If it was taking away from my life, I would go and say, like, I just don't drink. I took, I took a break. I'm taking a break. I'm not drinking anymore. I'm not drinking today. Or no thank you. So, um, so yeah, so that's the thing. So, um, And I just want to add, um, Lou had mentioned, I did a podcast with Lou, which is coming out soon. He had mentioned um, about how he woke up feeling great the first time he didn't have drink, like a big like a big night of drinking. And um, that's the biggest thing for me. You know, like I'm not called to have, like I don't feel like, oh, the vodka's calling. When it did, I drank. And when I stopped drinking, I always left space. Like if I want to have a glass of wine, I will. And that still stands. Like, look, I, I don't know where I'm going to be in 20 years or whatever, but I can tell you 
it's one day at a time for me. So today, I'm not called. If I see wine being poured, I'm not called. But I do want to add, um, Pamela, that when you see social gatherings and people are drinking, there's something very romantic about holding a glass of wine or holding like a cocktail. So I recently posted a picture from Seedlip. Seedlip is a non-alcoholic beverage that you can make drinks with, so it feels fancy, and it's probably really expensive. I haven't bought it yet. But I always feel like, so what does that mean? Like, if I'm not in the body of the person drinking, I don't know what that feels like, but it looks really pretty. So what's the difference? And I was thinking this last night, knowing I was going to podcast on this. What's the difference if I'm holding a vodka and seltzer in my hand or a seltzer? Right? There's some connection. I don't have the answer yet. But what I can say is we can make non-alcoholic drinks pretty by putting them in a pretty glass. And so that's where I'm going. That's my direction right now. So, um, so anyway, the point is I don't feel like I'm drinking to change the way I feel. And then guess what? Once I get past that weird gap of like, what does it feel like? Should I have a drink? Once I get past like, oh, no, I don't do that. I'm not doing that today. Every day. Each day, it's a new day. I'm not drinking today. I'm not drinking right now. I'm not drinking in this moment. Right? So once I like pass it, I'm like, oh, yeah. I don't fucking like that. And then when I wake up the next morning, I don't have like stained red lips or teeth from alcohol. I don't have to be embarrassed of the fact we were in, um, I'm going to finish that sentence, embarrassed of the fact that I behaved badly. When we were in the Grand Cascades in December, um, I was drinking in the hot tub. So like, don't drink in the hot tub, right? Because your body's overheating and now you're getting dehydrated. And I was so shit-faced. I was trying to put food in the oven for the kids. Our kids were there. And I was like, so embarrassed. I couldn't like talk. I don't ever want to do that again. I don't ever want to do that again. And the easiest way to not do that again is just to not drink. Because I never know when one's going to become two. I never know when it's going to be like, yeah, I'll have another. And all of a sudden I'm fucked. I'm shit faced. So, um, so that's for me why I decided that I was going to not drink. Because I don't want to feel like I made a fool of myself or did something dumb or potentially hurt somebody or I embarrassed my family. Um, I don't need to do that. I'm old. Like, I'm 49. I'm not saying I'm like, I'm so old. I had 49 years of drinking or whatever whenever I started. So 39, 49, 59. No, 29 years, right? About 30 years. I don't need to do it anymore. I moved past it. I don't love to see people slurring their words. I moved past it. So um, I'm not judging anyone who's making the choice to drink. I'm not judging anyone who's drunk, who goes out and gets ripped. I'm not judging you. And um, I'm also not judging you if you're eating junk food all day or smoking cigarettes. It's just not what I want for my life and for my body. I don't want to worry down the road about having cirrhosis or having problems with my lungs. I've already done enough damage. I could have all that anyway. So um, I'm trying to think if there's any other questions that, let me see, Krista. Oh, Christina. Oh, so I do want to say something to you, Christina. So Christina, you're taking a break and you said you're on like a month. And you wrote, this is all publicly written. I would never call anyone out, even in first name, but it was all publicly written on my Facebook wall. Um, I'm going to encourage you to keep going because 
It's really easy to stop and to have a drink and for that to turn to two or three, especially when you're in relationship with someone who drinks. I don't know if you are. I don't know your friends. I don't know your husband. So, um, But if you're surrounded by it, it's really easy to get back into it. And then it feels like, oh, yeah, that's great. This is so much better. I'm just relaxing and having some laughs. But know yourself. Because if you stop drinking, because you want to stop drinking, you're playing with the idea of becoming sober or you're sober curious, it's, there's a reason. Like people, There are people who are not doing that. If you're doing it, it's because you're being called for some reason. And you know what it is deep in your body. Like it's not working. It doesn't feel good anymore. Whatever. So I encourage you to keep going. So um, when I saw Maya, I read all her posts. I love, love Maya, Sober Glow, the Sober Glow on Instagram. And I'll put that below. And every time I read Maya talking about her choice to not drink, and she does sober retreats, she's not in the 12-step program, she's not an alcoholic, she just wasn't working for her anymore. There's a huge community like that. Whenever I see her, I'm like, she's cool, right? She's gorgeous. And uh, she's got a cool life, and she's got a like, kick-ass body. She has like that bike. What is the Peloton bike? She's a breathwork healer. She surfs. When I see her, I'm like, oh, she's cool, and she doesn't drink. You know, and there's a lot of those people. And so those people are the people that keep me going. I have a friend also who is in the 12-step program who is in recovery, was an alcoholic, calls herself an alcoholic. I have more than, I have a couple friends like that. And they keep me going because I know they're awesome, cool people who are like, I, and I saw, this, I saw her drunk back in the day. It wasn't really anything I noticed. Her shift and her continuing the path keeps me like I'm not alone. So when I do events, social events, like for my breathwork clients, like I do meetups, I do my coffee houses, I do them where there's no alcohol because I just don't want to, I don't want someone who comes to start sober and leave drunk and have an issue that now changes or affects the dynamic of the group. Um, so yeah, so that's basically it. Um, so if you were to ask me if I was an alcoholic, it depends on the day. <laughs> I wrote a book years ago and said I was an alcoholic. I don't know, because I, I've had a pretty easy time of not drinking. But I will say that I made the choice to become sober because getting drunk didn't align with my lifestyle choices. And again, I can't tell you that I'm never going to have a glass of wine again or a drink. What I can tell you is I'm not going to do it today.